Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Okay, um, as we get started this morning, and I was told earlier, I thought they were going to hand them out at the end of the service, but evidently you all got one of these in each of your uh, bulletins. And um, I want to encourage you to take this and, and read it just a couple times a day. Don't memorize it. I mean, if you want to, you can. But, but these type of things here are so handy and helpful to truly knowing what we're going to talk about today, who you are in Jesus Christ. Um, the, I've done uh, counseling for more than 30 years, and I, a, a key thing that keeps coming through is the fact that an awful lot of us do not really know who we are in Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and he is an amazing God, just amazing. Uh, be, especially as, as, you, as you put this into your soul and you understand and get to know him better. It, it is so good. Um, very quickly, I will be here next Sunday and the Sunday after. <clears throat> I was talking to Pastor Justin about this before he went on sabbatical. And, and I, he says, we'll put together something. So what we're going to be talking about these next two Sundays after today is the spiritual warfare. Now, if you're here this morning and you're a Christian, if you've received Christ as your Savior, you are in a war. Word of God says that. Ephesians chapter 6. You can't can't get out of it. You're in it. And so that's what we're going to talk about and how to to walk victorious as, as, as we all live in the world and how to walk victorious through your days as a Christian. Um, it's, uh, we're all hear this word correctly, please. We're all assaulted by various, maybe ungodly people, uh, by Satan. And, and by the way, uh, as I said that, please, please, please understand that we are, we are not fighting people. We're fighting people. Uh, principalities and powers of the air. And that is so key to remember because we cannot, uh, usually we can't see with our physical eyes, we can't see the enemy, Uh, but he's there. And in these next two weeks, we're going to talk about that. Uh, Next Sunday, I'm going to have a friend with me from uh, Napanee Missionary Church. That's where my wife and I usually attend. Napanee Missionary Church, and uh, Myron, I have known for years. Um, it, was, it was interesting how I first met Myron uh, years ago. And I mean, oh golly, I don't know, it was six, seven, eight years ago. I did a class up at uh, Napanee Missionary Church on men who grew up fatherless or who had fathers that were either not there or abusive or something like that. I had one person that came to the class, and it was Myron. And we developed a relationship, and we talked, and we shared, and, and okay. 
uh, at the end of eight weeks or 12 weeks, whatever it was, uh, we parted company. And from time to time, I would see him and his wife, Judy, and, and we would talk, hey, how are you and all that stuff. Well, then they, they spend um, their winters in Arizona, and they just came back from Arizona, oh, I don't know, a month, month and a half ago, something like that. And I was talking to him at church one day, and he said, let's get together for breakfast. That's okay. And so we got together for breakfast, and he told me that during that particular class, uh, he had been challenged by the Lord on, on something that he had never understood in his whole life. Now, Myron grew up in a Christian family, and, and he became Christian. I don't know how old he was. Maybe he was a teenager. I can't remember, early 20s. Anyway, and so Myron is going to be here to share with us next week. And next week, we're going to be talking about Satan, and we're going to be talking about how he attacks you as a Christian, or maybe even as a non-Christian, uh, how he attacks you and how you can, well, the third week will be how you can effectively battle him. And the things that I'm going to share with you will come out of the uh, Ephesians chapter 6, putting on the armor of God. But I want to also give you a couple tools that, that you can recognize and use them right then when you're being attacked. They're tools I've used for years. And I can promise you, I can promise you, if as you practice them and use them, you'll be victorious as you walk with the Lord. Okay, let's see, there's something else I was going to say there. Anyway, very quickly, I grew up in a broken family. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was five years old, and my mom never remarried. Us three boys stayed with my mom. We were raised and all that stuff, and from the time I was 15 until the time I was 23, I did everything I shouldn't have done. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, a lot of alcohol, a lot of drugs, problems with the legal authorities. And uh, the Lord spoke to me when I was flying from Atlanta, Georgia to Chicago. And I'm not going to tell you all about that right now. That's for some other time. But I'd been the previous three days, I'd stayed in Atlanta and they'd shared the Lord with me. And I said, thanks for the food and thanks for the bed, but I'm not interested. Flying back on the airplane, the Lord was working in my heart. And sitting on, ah, sitting on the plane, um, I was single, I had a good job, I had money, and I was so desperately unhappy. And so sitting on the plane, I just bowed my head and I said, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I want you to come into my heart and be my savior. I don't know why you would want to, but I want you to. Amen. That's just how I prayed. Bells didn't ring and lights didn't flash, but my whole life changed. And uh, I can honestly tell you that, that the journey I've been on since that time has been marvelous. Oh, there's been high ups and there's been low downs, but that's okay. Uh, I could never enjoy this if I didn't have this, okay? And so uh, we're going to talk about some of those things. But, but, but the key thing today is uh, it, this is the foundational piece of how you can recognize and fight Satan in the war that you're in. I promise you that. 
The foundational piece is to know who you are in Jesus Christ. Uh, one of the things uh, that Myron, and, and I don't want to get into that, he'll tell you next week, but one of the things that Myron, we were talking not long ago, one of the things that he brought out was the fact that, that the Lord met him. I'm not talking salvation. I'm not talking about salvation. The Lord met him on a hiking trail. He met me on an airplane, him on a hiking trail. Now that's all I'm going to say for right now. But, but, and, and one more thing that I, and I, I'm saying this because I want to prepare you. By the way, by the way, total side note here. This next week, and I'm dead serious right now, this next week, please pray for myself and my wife. Okay? Talking about these kind of things, Satan doesn't like. And he will, he will, I know I'm going to be under attack. I've already been under attack that I've recognized. And so please pray for us. Um, I want to share with you what the Lord has shown me over the years and what he's taught me. And, and, and I'm sure many of you could share the same thing, uh, or at least in the same general idea. Uh, one thing, and then we're going to move on here is when you study, I, I believe that for you to truly get a hold of who you are in Christ, you have to have a wrestling match. Jacob, in Genesis 32, wrestled with the angel of the Lord. And I love the story. Because if you'll read the story, I think it was Genesis 32, 30, 32. Right then, Jacob grabbed a hold of the angel of the Lord and said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And you remember how the Lord blessed him? He made him a cripple. From that day on, Jacob limped. He had a limp. And of course, Jacob was the one that God changed his name to Israel. Israel, uh, who, is, who is the father of, of, of the uh, 12 tribes of Israel. The Apostle Paul. Now, we're not told this as well as we are told about Jacob, but the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 9. Um, Paul met Christ on the Damascus Road. And he said, who are you, Lord? And Christ said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And Paul fell down. And, and the story goes that, that he got up and he was blind. And they, they had to lead him into Jerusalem. And, so, and it says for three days, he did not eat or drink for three days. And I believe that in that three days, I mean, imagine that. Prior to that time, you'd been killing Christians. And, 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 and Paul was, he was, he believed what he was doing was right. And so here he sat blind. He did not know he was going to get his sight back. Here he sat blind and he didn't eat and he didn't drink for three days. What do you think was going through his mind? Am I ever going to be able to see again? And, I, and I'm sure that during that time that he went over in his head about him killing Christians and how, 
how he met the Lord on the Damascus Road. And, and God didn't strike him dead. He had a plan for Paul. And, and you know the rest of the story, well, sort of, about the Apostle Paul and how he went out. He wrote 13 of the books of the New Testament. I, th- I think it's 13. And, and how, he, how he was amazing in, in establishing the new church and starting the church and all of that that you find in Acts chapter 2. So, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk, but the Lord does. And so I, I, this next week and so on, I want you to be aware. I want you to seek to be aware. Pray like it. Lord Jesus, help me to be aware of your presence. That was one of the songs that we sang up here this morning. Help me to be aware of your presence. Help me to, Lord, take the scales off my eyes so I can see you in whatever you do during your week. You, you, you go, there's all different places, kind of places you folks go, all different kinds of occupations. And the Lord is there. He wants to reveal himself to you in ways that I don't know, but they're good. Okay. We have an amazing God and, uh, and, and he wants to meet with you this morning. So let's begin. Um, Psalm 139, verse 13, David wrote, For thou didst form my inward parts, thou didst weave me in my mother's womb. The term there, weave, means for somebody to take uh, different kinds of thread and different kinds of materials and different kinds of yarn and weaves them all together in a tapestry. And that's what your life is, is a tapestry. Like I said, there's ups, there's down, there's good, there's bad, there's, there's all kinds of stuff in your life. And your life is like nobody else's life. Nobody has a life like you. Um, God created you in his image. And, and the Lord wants you to know him in an amazing way. In Genesis chapter 1, uh, uh, Moses wrote in verse uh, Well, let's go to verse 27. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Now, the term image has the idea of likeness or resemblance. And you you don't look like God. I don't know what God looks like. Uh, The man Jesus Christ is is probably, I mean, I don't know how he looked. I, I don't know. But... But he's not talking about image. He's talking about the fact that everybody in this room right now has the ability to think. Every one of us here can think. And because we can think, we can make choices. And because we make choices and we encounter other people, we have emotions. You have highs, you have lows. You have anger, you have joy. You have frustration, you have whatever the emotion is. We all have that. Now, what I just described to you, folks, is the soul. The soul consists of mind, will, and emotions. Now, remember, back there in the garden, every one of us was in Adam's loins in the garden. There's not a person on this earth today, other than Jesus Christ, there was, there's never been a person on this earth that was not in Adam's loins. And here we are today. Now, you know the story. 
this first part is not going to be anything new to you, but Adam sinned and, and he died spiritually. Today, when we are born as a baby, we are born dead spiritually. And so we're born dead spiritually, but I believe everybody has a soul. Now, if a non-Christian dies today, physically, he goes, his, his soul, I believe, goes to hell. If, if, a, if a Christian or if a person receives Jesus Christ as their Savior, they are born again. And the moment they are born again, they are put into Jesus. And I'm going to show you that in just a minute. The term sin means to miss the mark. God is perfect, and none of us are perfect. God, he says, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. You are created in the image of God, and, but because of my sin, God seeks to draw us back to him, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to show you something. Before I show you this, I want to read to you a letter. It's a very short thing. It's only a paragraph or two. And, and I was given permission to do this uh, by this gentleman who I see from time to time. And uh, his name's Tony. And, and Tony is 64 years old. Now, Tony has been the elder in various churches in a very good way. He really has. Um, and he, he's, he's been an elder. He, he loves the Lord. I think he accepted the Lord in his teens. And so... He wrote this about a month ago before I'm going to show you what I'm going to show you in just a minute here. But here's what he wrote to God. He says, dear God, I'm having a hard time writing this letter about my past. From my perspective, all I see is my sin because I'm doubting my salvation. As I look back over my past, I'm filled with shame. God, I know that there are there are events that happened that were out of my control and were traumatic. For instance, my folks fighting and threatening divorce. But I know I can't use the victim excuse because other people I know have suffered much worse and risen above their situations. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm a runner and I'm motivated by fear. And I, and then he trails off. I'm sure that there are those here today that could have written a letter like that. I have no doubt. You're not free. Not because Jesus hasn't set you free, but you're not free. And so I want to show you something, and this is the key. In, if, if you want to, in, in your Bibles, by the way, very quickly, oh man, I'm running, I'm talking too much. Um, very quickly, you want to have a good set of devotions, Read Romans 6, 7, and 8, those, those three chapters in your devotions. I don't care how you do it, one chapter a day, all three chapters. I don't care how you do it. Here's what I want to show you. Because Romans 8, verse 1, says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. That's key. No condemnation. Jesus Christ died for the sins of everybody on this earth Ever, past, present, future. First John 2, 2 says that he died for the sins of the whole world. 
Now, I, I'm boggled at this one because he died for Hitler's sins. He died for Mussolini's sins, and, and he died for the sins of, of all of those people. He died for your sins and mine. Let me show you something. I received Christ as my Savior sitting on that airplane. And here's what he did. Those are clouds. I'm not, a, I'm not an artist. Okay? And this is the earth. And, and... Okay. Man, woman. Okay? Now, hey... You get it. I know you do. <laughs> okay. Now, because of our sin, because of Adam's sin, because we're born with a sin nature, God loves us. He's such an amazing God. He wants to draw us back to him. He wants a relationship with you. He, he, he I'm going to say desperately wants a relationship with you because the almighty God who never sinned, who, lo- who is absolutely perfect, Gave us the cross. And I want to represent Jesus this way. A heart, a heart of love. Because Jesus loved us so much, he came to this earth, died on the cross of Calvary for all of our sins. He was buried. And three days later, came out of the grave and and offers us the free gift of eternal life. Now, when I receive Jesus Christ, let me put Christ up here. This is Christ. This is the world that we live in, W-R-L-D. I'm I'm a terrible speller. Okay, when when I receive Jesus Christ, I I had to go to the cross where Christ died for my sins. I had to admit I was a sinner and ask Jesus to come into my heart and be my Savior and my Lord. The moment I did that, and he knew if I was serious or not. The moment I did that, I was put over here into Jesus. Now, I'm going to draw two of these here simply because there's the lady here, and I know some of you have received Christ in this service. Now, I love this because I am put into Christ. If you want to read more about that, read the latter part of uh, John chapter 14. John chapter 14 talks about us being in him, him in us. And he also talks about giving us the Holy Spirit to help us. Now, um, here is the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? Don't we have an amazing God? He not only puts us into his perfect son, but then he gives us his Holy Spirit to teach us, to guide us, to protect us. All of that. Wow. Now, we live here in the world, okay? And I'm, when we are created in the image of God, which in itself is amazing, and then God sees you and I as being in his son. I'm in Jesus Christ. I'm talking spiritually, not physically or anything like that. Uh, I am in 
Jesus Christ. So this is Christ, and there I am. If you've received Christ, there you are. Wow. Now, truth is, I sin. Truth is, you sin. Now, this here is so important. Because what I'm talking about, the fact that I sin and you sin, is the spirit bursting the flesh. When I receive Christ as my Savior at, at salvation, um, because I receive Christ as my Savior, I do not have a sin nature. And neither do you. Now, you may not agree with me on that. In fact, I, I would just challenge you to study that. That's where I got messed up in my head when I first received Christ, because I could not put together the concept of, okay, word of God says I'm a new creation. Second uh, Corinthians 10, five. Okay. I'm a new creation, but I still sin. I can't be a new creation because I'm sinning. That doesn't make sense. And I wasn't understanding. That's usually the key. We don't understand. I was not understanding that spiritually I am alive in Christ, and I have to deal with my flesh. After salvation, a Christian is never called a sinner in the Word of God. New Testament, you never find somebody who receives Christ as their Savior and is called a sinner. They're called a saint. A saint means holy one in the Greek. So when God the Father looks at you, if you've received Christ as your Savior, he sees you as a holy one. He does not see any sin nature in you. It's gone. But, but, I still struggle with the flesh. Um, turn, if you will, if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh. This was Paul who was talking. This, this, he uh, is visiting Rome after, well after he had accepted Christ uh, in, in Jerusalem around the Damascus Road. This was some time later. And he was saying to these people, I am, in the, I am of the flesh, sold into bondage to sin. When you and I, before we receive Christ as our Savior, we develop thought patterns and habits that were sinful. And therefore, I tend to revert back to those patterns and those, and those thoughts. That's my flesh at work, not my spirit. Verse 17, so now no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which indwells me. Beloved, we are on a journey. This is when I was born, born again. And, and, and this, is, this is when I'm going to die. Have no idea. Thank the good Lord. So, when I was born again, the Word of God teaches that I'm a little baby. I'm a little baby. Uh, basically, I was 23 years old. I was a 23-year-old little baby. I didn't know a thing. Uh, my wife used to laugh at me because I would call the book of J-O-B, Job. <laughs> Come on, folks. 
It's Job. She said, Bill, it's not Job, it's Job. Now you're wrong. Anyway, so <laughs> she's, got, she's got great patience. Anyway, so, but, but you start out as a baby spiritually and you grow, you grow, you mature. And it takes each of, each of us are on different pathways in our life. Okay. Um, now, because we have an amazing God, not only am I made in his image, not only does he see me in his son, but he loves you so much that he wants to spend time with you. He really does. And that's this next part that we're going to go to. Um, our Lord wants to meet with you in a secret place. Now, the reason, well, in, in um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, he says, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut your door, pray to your Father who is in a secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Ah, oh, folks, I wish I could t- spend time telling you how the Lord has blessed my wife and I. It is, it is so much fun. Um, I got to tell you one story. When I was working on my undergrad degree in Kansas City, I worked in a hospital. And in the hospital, they had, they had a, a block of 12 rooms that they did nothing but surgeries in. Uh, and basically, I worked in uh, house cleaning. And after the surgery, I'd go in and I'd clean up the room. Okay. And so um, Christmas came. Now, I have three children, and they were all small at that time, and my wife and I, and we lived out in this apartment while I was going to school. And um, one day, my wife said to me, she said, Bill, if you could have anything to eat for Christmas lunch, what would you have? And I thought, and I said, I think I'd like steak. Yep, I'd like steak. Now, listen, going to school full-time and working full-time, you don't eat steak. Well, you eat tube steak, uh, which is hot dogs. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you do. Okay. So that was, she said that one day and, and my wife's parents had a friend down there. Uh, and so anyway, we went over to Marge's place. She said, I didn't know what to give you folks for Christmas. So she pulled out uh, four or five beautiful T-bone steaks. Wow. So, thank you, Lord. The next day, I went to work, and uh, the place where I worked, they gave us a big turkey. Hey, that's great. And somebody else, maybe it was somebody in the church we went to, gave us a big turkey. Now, we got T-bone steaks, and we got two turkeys. Ah, Lord, thank you. This is so cool. I mean, and, and that may seem insignificant to you but if you're in school and I'm serious about eating hot dogs and eating hot dogs you really appreciate stuff like that and the Lord was there every minute of the way and I could tell you other stories but I don't have time folks God wants to meet you in a secret place Uh, and here's the thing he wants to meet with you alone don't be afraid don't be afraid uh, our God is wonderful, and and He has He uh, as a man, 
I like my space. I don't like people getting in my space. I'm not a hugger. My wife's a hugger. And I have a lot of male friends who are huggers. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I never grew up that way. All my brothers and I did were fight. And, and so the Lord wants to take you in his arms and hold you close. And he wants you to know how much he loves you and really cares about you. You see, this quiet place, and this, this is something I missed first service, it's a place of intimacy. The Lord wants to be intimate with you. Now, I don't know what that means necessarily for you. I know what it means for me. And it is... It's a place where you truly grasp the love of the Lord and you know how special you are. And it's rich. It's a rich place. We're going to close now. Oswald Chambers, who was an old Scottish evangelist and preacher back in the late 1800s, I love what he says here. He said, enter into the secret place and you will find that God was right in the middle of your everyday circumstances all the time. This secret place is only with you and God and it is so rich. It is so rich. And I want you to know the joy of that. So folks, we're going to bow our heads now. And again, I don't know where you're at on your spiritual walk. I pray that you know Christ, but maybe you don't. And so Lord, if you're here today and you've never asked Christ to be your Savior, I want to encourage you right where you're sitting just to acknowledge to the Lord, Lord, I'm a sinner. There's nothing good about me. And I just ask you to come into my heart and save me from my sins. And I praise you for that. If you are a believer, thank the Lord today that he is an amazing God and he just desires to draw you to him in ways that I can't describe. And he wants to show you your specialness. You're your, your, your his gem that he wants to develop to be his child and to walk on this earth and bring glory to him and father we will thank you for as you do that we will truly see who we are in jesus and it's in his precious name we pray these things amen and folks i would i'm going to be out in the foyer i would love to talk to you uh, so please stop by and talk to me and I'll look forward to meeting you. Thank you. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. 
We hope you tune in next week. Thank you.